Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your Source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 676 for the 14th of Tishrei in a regular year. So perhaps you are familiar with the template of the Batman and Robin memes where you have Robin saying something and Batman slaps him and says something else. Uh, If you're not familiar with this, perhaps I'll include it in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. There's one in particular that I saw several years ago that I thought was pretty funny because it related to my life and to my profession. And namely, what it was is that uh, Robin is saying, starts saying, I would go to yoga, but I'm not flexible. And then Batman slaps Robin and he says, that's why you go to yoga. So yeah, so it's a cute little meme and like, but it's very profound, right? So this is a very common thing that people say, like people say like, oh, you know, I would, I would go to the gym, but I, I'm not, I'm not in shape, you know, or people feel intimidated to go to a fitness class because they're not in shape because they feel like they're going to be like the most unfit uh, person there. Or if there's, let's say, a classical music concert happening and somebody says, oh, I'm, I'm not very musical. I don't, I don't appreciate music like that. Or let's say there's uh, going to be some kind of lecture about how to best invest your money or how to handle your money. And a person might say, oh, I, I'm not into money. I, I, I'm horrible with money. I, I'm, I'm not going to go to that lecture. That's not for me. So hearing this from the outside, it sounds silly, right? But we all kind of do have these things on some level or, or another that there's kind of like this like uh, aversion that we have or, or a kind of avoidance of certain things that we naturally feel like we're not good at. And we seem to have this kind of like misconception of skill and what skill is all about. We think when we look into a yoga class and we see all these really skinny, flexible people, we think that they're naturally like that and they're just so talented and so flexible and that's why they're going to yoga class to just show off their flexibility. We think when we look in the gym, there's all these buff in shape people and that's why they're going to the gym to show off their bodies and show everybody how buff they are. We think these people that are going to these concerts or let's say even the musician on the stage who's who's there, they, the, the violinist who's playing on stage and is this amazing virtuoso and everybody's so impressed with this violinist, we think that they were just born with this natural talent. And the investors, the people, the business people, the entrepreneurs, the people that are making all this money, Elon Musk, those kind of people, we think, oh, they were just born like that. That's just how they are, right? Maybe in the back of our minds, we do understand that some of these talents do require some hard work and everything, and that there is a certain like honing of this work process. 
But there does tend to be this kind of like magical feel to it, like something that's unattainable to us. And while it's true that it's, you know, not something to be denied, that certain people are more uh, oriented towards certain professions, towards certain hobbies, things like that, depending on their natural inclinations, that definitely is a valid fact. Nevertheless, a, a person to be born with the most flexible body in the world or the most musical talents in the world and they're still not going to be able to perform in Cirque du Soleil overnight or perform as a virtuoso violinist in the symphony orchestra overnight it's going to take a lot a lot of practice and by contrast you can take the average Joe Schmo off the street and if you put them in a certain discipline, if they t adopt a certain discipline, especially a discipline that they're motivated to do and that they want to get better at, if they practice it day after day after day after day, they're going to get better. And they're actually going to become that musical person, that flexible person, as long as they do it with persistence and diligence. And a piece of advice that I've often given to clients or to friends or whatever, because I, I'm involved, as many of you know, in the fitness industry, in the yoga industry is that rather than going to a class once a week for like one and a half hours, two hours, whatever it is, I mean, that's good to do for sure, you know, as kind of like a check-in, a once a week kind of check-in, but it's, it, it's more important to be consistent. So it's better to do something, even if you're just going to do like one push-up a day or work out for five minutes a day, that five minutes per day, that one push-up a day is going to make you into a fit person. It's going to work on a physical level for sure, but it will also work on a psychological level. The mere act of showing up at the gym, the mere act of putting on your workout, workout clothes, the mere act of just doing that one push-up, it trains your brain to think of yourself as a fit person. It trains your brain to think, oh yes, I'm the type of person that works out, even if that workout is literally just one minute, and I'm not exaggerating. So why are we bringing this all up today? Because today we're going to be talking about another kind of discipline, a more spiritual type, type of discipline, namely the spiritual discipline of giving, of giving charity, giving staka, which has been a big theme of this of this section of the Tanya, if you haven't noticed already. And yesterday we talked about this practice of giving, the art of giving in terms of the virtue of alacrity to go with it, to not hesitate, to not be lazy, to not procrastinate. If you, uh, if you dedicated a certain amount of money during to give during the year, we said that, you know, don't just wait around till the end of the year to give it, but rather you should parcel it out throughout the year and make sure that you're giving it and that you're excited to give it and that you're not procrastinating in this regard. Today, we're going to talk about this same idea of give, parceling out that money and giving throughout the year, but it, it, from a different perspective, from this perspective of making giving into an art, making it into a discipline, making it into a practice. And that by doing this, there's virtue in this because this itself will make you into a giving person. There's something about giving on a daily basis, on a regular basis, even if it's a penny a day, you know, even if it's a very small amount that is more powerful than just giving a lump sum as a one-time thing and forgetting about it during the rest of the year. Just like if you went to the gym one day a year and you stayed there for the entire day to kind of make up for the whole year, you know, is that the same thing as going on a daily basis, even if it's just for a minute a day? No, right? That pers it's the persistence, it's the consistency that's really going to make that change within you. So that's what today's Tanya is about. And so let's get into the text. And for context, we're going to be concluding Epistle 21 today in of in Yerusha Kodesh. So here we go. 
So the altar of it begins, and he says, "In this too, did we find with the service of Tzedakah that there's a mila, there's a there's an advantage, there's something particular great about doing this service when it's done numerous times, and anybody who does this more frequently is praiseworthy. There's, this is a praiseworthy thing, and not just to do it once and and like give it in a lump sum as one at one time, as the Rambam of blessed memory said in his explanation of the Mishnah that the the sages of blessed memory taught that hakol lefi rov hamaseh. Everything is judged according to the multiplicity of the actions. That's from Pirkei Avos, chapter 3, uh, verse 15. So meaning to say that this is something that should be done numerous times. There's something good about doing something many times and not as just a one-time thing. And the Rambam went on and he explained what why what this is about. He he um, he gave an explanation for this, why it's good to give, do something many times, especially at Staka. This is in order to refine the soul through doing this many times. And then there's and then the altar says that there's a verse in scripture that says this explicitly where it says, Pulat Staka Lechaim. The effect of tzedaka is for life. So just a note about this citation here. There's an, I, I found this in Lessons in Tanya, that there's an issue with this citation, believe it or not. So it's actually, it's it seems like it's coming from Mishle. However, in Mishle, this, we don't find this exact verse of Pulat tzedaka l'chaim. We find two different verses. We find one verse that says Pulat tzedik l'chaim, which is in Mishle chapter 10, verse 16, which means the, the effect of a tzedik is for life. And then we see also that in Mishle chapter 11, verse 19, it says Staka l'chaim. So is Staka for life. So it's sort it's not really clear which or if perhaps both of these citations are being combined. So I just thought I'd mention that. It's a little bit of a, the Rebbe pointed this out and the Rebbe didn't really have, didn't feel like there was a satisfactory answer for this. So it's it's a little bit of a question. Why did the Alter Rebbe bringing this citation that's not a, really a, a full and complete citation, but whatever it is, the Alter Rebbe is teaching us here that this idea of giving staka is for life. Meaning to say, he says that what this means by this is that the action of doing it and the consequence of doing of giving staka in this way is to draw down supernal vitality from the life of all life, the source of all life, meaning from God, from the infinite one, blessed be he, to the land of life, to the Eretz HaChaim in Hebrew. And so what is the Eretz HaChaim? So the Alter Rabbi goes on and he says, this is the Shekhinat Uzenu. This is the Shechina, which gives us strength. So the Shekhinat Uzenu, this is another term for Malchus of Atzillus, which is the source of our world, the source of all of our lives, about which it says, kulam. So, and you animate them all. That's a verse from Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. six. So this is the, the, the Shechina is associated also with the Sukkah of David that has fallen. The Sukkah David Hanofalet that we say, this is, uh, we say this during the Berkat Amazon, the grace after meals, after we eat. Uh, so it's, it's basically the, the Sukkah of David that has fallen down to the very dust. Um, as the sages said, Galule Dom Chule. So, and that's a citation from the Gemara in Masachat Megillah, page 29a. So, which means when the Jewish people were exiled to Edom, the Shekhinah went with them. So all of this is to say, basically, that this is an allusion to the Shekhinah. This is an allusion to that level of Malchus of Atzillus, which is the source of our entire world, the source of all of our vitality here in the world. And so, and that when we give tzedakah, we're drawing down vitality from the source of life, meaning from God himself, into that level. And now, 
the altar boy goes on and he says, with the esarusa dilatata, with the arousal from below, to vitalize, to vivify the downcast spirits uh, who don't have anything of their own, this causes an arousal from above. So when we do this arousal from below, when we give staka down here, this causes an arousal above on high. And especially if we're doing this, if if this this arousal from below, meaning especially when we're giving staka specifically to vitalize those people that live in Israel, like truly in Israel. And this is enough for the, this is suffice for the understanding, says the Alter Rebbe. And anybody who is in, uh, who's intellectual in this capacity, meaning anybody who really like takes the time to think about this, about this great and wondrous thing, will it will be good for them to think about this, about how great the words of the sages of mass, blessed memory are, who said that, that is from Pirkei Avos, chapter 5, verse 15, that everything is judged in accordance with the multiplicity of the action. Meaning to say, the action of giving staka many times to draw down li uh, supernal life down here into this world to create these unifications above many, many times. Like each time we give staka, it creates this unification above. And this is also similar to what the Rambam said, that it's in order to refine the soul. So it's like, first of all, basically we're doing two things when we give staka. On the one hand, we're drawing down this vitality from above. And on the other hand, we're refining our souls. So we're doing something kind of for our own sake here and also something more selfless. As it's known from the Holy Zohar that the Shechina is called Nefesh. So there's a relationship between these two things. The Shechina is also called soul because it is our actual life force. The, it's the life force of our souls. As it says, and this is a citation from Tehillim, chapter 44, verse 25, our soul is stooped in the to the dust. So meaning that like there's something about this level of our soul called the nefesh that is really here in the dust. It's just like the shechina is in the dust in the lowest parts. And this is why the sages of blessed memory said that that great is charity for it brings the redemption near. Like basically, so again, so this idea of like basically when we give staka, we're drawing down vitality into the shechina and into our souls, which are both found in exile here. So this is a way to bring them out of exile, to bring them out from the dust gradually in stages with every act of Saka, until Shila will come. And that's um, a citation from Rashi's chapter 49, verse 10. So that's it for today. And so in summary, again, this is today's focus was really, again, on giving staka, which is such a big theme in the Sigaris HaKodesh. And it's talking about giving staka in a way of making it a habit, making it habitual, the power of habits, the power of having a practice, a discipline, just like you go to the gym on a daily basis, not just once a year in order to stay in shape. Um, just like if you want to eat healthy, this is something you need to do every day. It's not like just like a once a week kind of thing, right? Just like if you want to develop a musical talent or whatever it is, you need to practice daily or at least every other day, right? Like it needs to be habitual. So the more frequent you do an action, the more it will it will become part of you. So, so too, the giving of staka is something that needs to be done on a daily basis. It's something that needs to be done regularly. And through doing it regularly and daily, this draws down the vitality of the, sh the, the, the source of all life into the Shechina and into our souls, which are very connected with one another and which are both found in Gullus. And this is a way of redeeming them out of Gullus. So that's it for today. And we'll continue along these lines tomorrow. And I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. 
This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.